All right, well, good morning again. So I've been pretty excited about this whole Mission Edge project, and not just because I find it very fun to say Mission Edge, but I think that it's just, it's such a great opportunity for us as a church to be able to move forward with God's plan for the world and, and maybe do some new things and things that get us out of our comfort zone. So I really like that. I also, I want to take this time to invite anybody who is not connected to a small group to maybe join one of the three that we have going on right now. We are in the middle of going through this study that is connected to this series, but again, it's never too late to join, or even if you want to reach out uh, to one of us at the church to maybe go through the study material on your own. And as well, you're all invited to join in the, that Saturday workshop that we're going to be doing, uh, and that's going to happen on March 25th. And actually, I would, say, I would say that everybody in this church family is really encouraged to come out to that workshop, regardless if you went through the small group studies or not. I think that the more, um, the more of you that we have during that workshop, where we talk about what our church vision statement is and what it needs to be and where we want our church to, to move forward, the better. Uh, so with all that to say that uh, I'm especially excited to finally be getting to preach on this series, uh, and today's topic is embracing partnership, uh, and I'm especially interested in that. I find it a very interesting topic, but before we get to that, I want to take a quick look on where we have been so far. So this is week five of the Mission Edge series, so let's roll on to our recap. Let's see if I can actually make this clicker work. Aha! It works. <laughs> I think I need to get my glasses checked, though, because I can't see that back TV. <laughs> so we talked about, we started this series talking about how a missional church lives the Jesus way and how the role of a local church is to gather and scatter in order to help its people live this Jesus way. And by coming together here at church and just together as a group, we are, we're better able to scatter out into the worlds. We get renewed, we gain solidarity with one another, and then we can go out to the worlds. And we can live a life that follows Jesus' example. We become, in this way, we become better witnesses to the world for Jesus by this whole gathering and scattering model. Now, after that, we talked about radiating hospitality. So being a people that extends welcome and kindness to all people all around us. We talked about life being God's table in which we can invite people to come to that table and be known and be loved by us and be loved by God. Next, we talked about fluency in the good news. So we scatter into the world and we radiate this hospitality and we invite people to God's table, but we also need to understand how we can best tell people God's good news, how to do that comfortably and, and naturally. So we talked about being better storytellers of, of God's story. And finally, last week, uh, which was the last missions marker that we touched on, was embodying the good news. So it's an expansion on that being fluent in telling the good news. We also need to be able to express God's message through our actions, not just our words. We need to live out the gospel through our lives, showing people how each one of us has been transformed by the, the power of the good news. 
So now we're all cut up, or at least we're reminded a little bit about what we've talked about in the last few weeks, and we're ready to talk about the fifth mission marker, which is embracing partnership. And before we dig into what embracing partnership looks like, I'm going to read from Ecclesiastes 4, 7 to 12. I practice saying Ecclesiastes a lot lot of times. It just wasn't coming out naturally for a bit. (laughs) All right, so it reads. Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This, too, is meaningless, a miserable business. Two are better than one, because they have good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So two is better than one. I think think that's an idea that we all have heard and understand. This whole idea of partnership, teamwork, uh, that kind of thing. And as I was thinking about this sermon this week, I was trying to think of examples that I could share about working together. And what better example than military teamwork? Sometimes not great. Sometimes it's good. (laughs) We do our best. So this past fall, I I left for six weeks to complete my basic military officer qualification, which I might add the second time I've had to do basic training. I will not be doing that a third time, let me tell you. And one of the field days, we went out and we had to do this obstacle mission type deal. We were split into teams and each person had to take a turn leading uh, and there were several stations set up where um, when you were leading you were given a quick five minute breakdown of what your goal was uh, and then you turned around and you looked at what equipment you had, what the kind of setup was and you had to come up with a plan to accomplish said goal. And it could be something like Get your team and your equipment to the other side of, say, a broken bridge or through some tunnels, uh, across some pillars to the other side without touching the ground or over the wall. Or it could look like this. So the picture I have here is the goal was to get your whole team across this this blocked-in sand pit without touching anything inside of the red lines on the ground. As well, you had to carry across some heavy boxes of ammo. So we were given a few different size boards to use in whatever way, and we had to come up with a plan. Now, don't let the picture fool you. Those, those red bars with the wires, they were kind of far apart, and the sandbox was quite <laughs> far, and the woods pile, or the, uh, the boards that we had were various different sizes. None of this was stable. It looks like we're stable on this. It was a lot of wobbling and fear of falling. But it needed multiple people for it to work. It needed people to use their body weight to counter other weights to get everything, all the people across and all of our heavy equipment across. 
And there were, there were other stations that had things like uh, a broken bridge where we had to have people stand on ends of boards holding on to each other to keep everything stable to make sure that we could all get across. And my point being is that it was not just a test in leadership and figuring out a plan and directing people what to do, but it was also an exercise in working as a team. So we had to partner with one another to complete this task, tasks that were impossible to do alone. We worked together, each person doing a different task to create this whole. Now the next picture has nothing to do with this sermon, <laughs> but it made me laugh. <laughs> one of them being how I am the only one without a weapon and I stuck out a lot. And the second, I can't tell you what my facial expression is. Either I panicked when a camera came out or I really dislike eating food out of a bag. And it might be a mix of both. <laughs> but when we, when we talk about missional edge churches, they're, they're churches that recognize that God is at work all around us. And he's invited us to partner with him in what he's doing. And as well, there are churches that partner and join with one another, work as a team, who are similarly moved by God's agenda. So the passage that we just read, it comes from a really interesting book in the Bible. And the author, he, he starts this book by kind of searching for significance and meaning in life. And it begins almost with shouting, like, meaningless, everything is meaningless. And it's a pretty, it's a pretty bleak outlook. Uh, but we start to see this shift when we get to verses 9 and 12 that, is, that directly contrast to the verses just ahead of it in 7 and 8. Because those verses, they, we see a man who's all alone, and it's meaningless. The author talks about the misery that people experience when they're, uh, when they're alone. But then we get to the other side. Life is better when we are together. So let's take just a look at, at this scripture again. So because they have good reward for their labor. So when we have good partnerships, when we work together, we can accomplish much more than what we can do alone. If they fall, one will lift up his companion. This acknowledges that we all fall. We all need help sometimes. And it, it can be a blessing to both give help and receive help. We can work together in that. If two lie down together, they will keep warm, meaning that we can bring comfort into each other's lives. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three is not quickly broken. Together, we can have security and safety. We can watch each other's backs, and there's strength in numbers. Now, when we think about partnership, we can, look at, we can look to God as prime example. I think that's with most cases that we look at. So God himself is a relational God. He exists within the community of the Trinity. And each aspect of the Trinity does different work. But by working together, they create a whole. And they do the impossible together. So this idea of relationships and partnerships, it's seen, it's seen throughout scripture. In the New Testament, it's detailed over and over that we are the body of Christ. We, as the body of Christ, are to share his message by serving as part of the whole. God's mission in this world, it's carried out throughout the entire body of Christ when we come together 
and when we work alongside one another to accomplish his mission. We're not able to do this when we're just separate pieces. And even if we go to the very beginning of scripture and we look at Genesis, God understand that we, we just don't deal well with being alone. We need, he saw the need and he created a plan that gave Adam a, a companion, a partner. So we see, we see that the Trinity is partnership and we want to partner with God to accomplish his mission. But also life is, it's just better when we live our lives alongside other people. We're not built to be alone. We can keep people beside us to keep us accountable, to help each other not fall into sin. In times of pain and despair, it's much better to have someone alongside you to encourage you and bring you hope. And in those times that we fail, we can have the people around us walk through that pain together and pick us back up again. Now, we've talked a lot about partnership. Being together is better than being alone. Clear, got it. But the big point coming from this whole Mission Edge Church in regard to partnership is how does our partnership join in what God is doing in the world and promote the sharing of the good news? So how do we put this into practice? Now, when we embrace partnership, it could mean things like welcoming others to join you in what God is leading you or this church as a whole to do, or it could mean partnering with others in what they're doing. So one of the big ways that we as a church can partner with people and groups that are part of God's mission is to look around our community and to have an understanding of what is out there. What are other people doing? Because us, even as a church, we're, we're just not effective alone. We can't do it all. So we need to look around and see who is already doing things and doing them well so that we can partner with them, that we can help. And we, we've done that in many ways. The Borden just talked about uh, the Hope Grow Hope uh, project. Um, that is something that we partner with. Beacon House, we've partnered with Beacon House. So we've done this in the past. We look around our community, we see what people are doing well, and we connect with them. So, I mean, big shocker, I'm also going to talk about the Warming Center again. I feel like I've just been talking about it for weeks on end. <laughs> and it's, it's a part of Beacon House, something that we have been in partnership for a long time. And it's a perfect example of how we can par partner with an organization to further God's mission in the world. And other ways are, are other kind of parachurch ministries. Uh, having a better understanding of who is doing things out in our community so recently, uh, Borden and myself had a meeting with a person who works with Youth Unlimited. And, and mostly this meeting was just to get some information on what they're doing in the community, but also it was to build ties, build connections, build a partnership, and see how we can help each other as we go forward with the same mission, which is God's mission. And even, even as a student, and, and after I graduated, working with Power to Change, which is a student ministry, Partnering with churches and individuals was a huge part of that ministry. And without those partnerships, completely impossible. So again, going back to that idea that I couldn't do it alone. So honestly, I could go, I could go on and on uh, about the different ways that we can partner with people and groups in our community. But we also need to be aware of our limitations, uh, what we're capable of. Therefore, we need to decide as a church 
where we put our energies and where we do a lot of our partnerships into. Um, which I'll put another plug into coming to the Saturday workshop. If you want your voice and your thoughts on this topic to be heard, then just please, please come. And together we can, we can make those decisions of how we move forward as a church, who, who we best partner with, uh, where God leads us in, in his mission and what he wants us to do. So now we have hit five out of the six topics. And next week, we're going to take a look at the final mission marker of this, uh, of a missional church, and that is contextual responsiveness. I don't know what that's going to look like, but we'll see next week. <laughs> so let's, let's just end this time by, by coming to God in prayer. I invite you to join with me. Father, we continue, continually look to you for guidance. We are your image bearers, and as such, we see that you are a relational God, and therefore we are relational beings. Two is better than one. We can stand together and accomplish things that would be impossible alone. We partner with each other and also with you because this is your mission, Lord. This is your plan and your path that we seek to follow. It is impossible without you. So please help us to figure out ways to partner with individuals and groups that are also following your plan, Lord. Help us to lean on one another, to lift each other up, and to keep each other warm. We pray all of this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.